0: like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families, but what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We're in a war, you It's time to stand, yeah. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God welcome to the know your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord I am your host Bishop Fred Carwell senior now lend me your ear and let's go inside of know your Bible and hear God's life-changing word welcome to know your Bible You the standard whereby all of us have to be judged by. The Bible already told us we judge ourselves by ourselves, we ain't wise. Want to be in a church where it's full of love. It was till you joined it. Don't be weary and well doing. It is man of God I'm out here talking to God the Father. Kill me, God. I want to die. And the Lord said, in essence, you throw it off. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to send you something to eat. Now I want to talk to all you that are trying to get thin in 30 seconds. Huh? <laughs> Some of y'all are born to be big bones. One thing I learned when I was in the military right there in them woods out there playing war games, I always tried to stay close to a fat person. Because I know if all the food ran out, it wasn't going to run out for them. Some of y'all, if you just just, about my size, you look, throw it off. Because your bone's real big and your head following. So you know we're in proportion, but here, here what God did, this is where I'm headed. Elijah had become weary. Elijah had become weary. And well doing. And went out into the desert. Because he wanted to die. And then. He was too much of a coward. To kill himself. So he wanted to have suicide by God. He asked God to kill him. The Lord sent him some angel food. See. See. The cure for depression is the word. The cure for care is the word. That will give us the strength to not become weary. Because I don't know about you, but I'm waiting on my due season. I'm waiting on my due season. God can turn it around. He can make your enemies to be at peace with you. He can turn around. But don't get bitter when people misuse you. Get better. He ate, that, he ate that food. He ate God's word in the form of a cake. And he went into the wilderness of Damascus for 40 days. You need to eat. I've seen people... Go on diet after diet. And, and when, they, when they get off the diet. Them 10 pounds they lost. They pick up 20. Just like fasting. Is a lifestyle. Praying is a lifestyle. Being kind. Is a lifestyle. Forgiving other people. Is a lifestyle. It's all a lifestyle. Okay. I lost 30 pounds. I came from a forty-four regular suit down to a forty short. Had to be. Couldn't be long. I ain't long. <laughs> okay. You have to take care of yourself lest when you have preached to others you yourself gonna become a castaway. So eat the word so you can have strength for your journey. And the Bible says that because the journey is too great for you. It's too great for you. You cannot make this on hatred. You cannot make this harboring unforgiveness. You have to let all this stuff go. Two things belong to God right through here. Vengeance and the tithe. When you hear the truth, what you supposed to do? Amen. Don't be weary in well-doing. Amen. Moses got weary in well-doing. Them people got on his nerve. Instead of him speaking to the rock, he hit it. People will make you miss your blessing get so mad you're going to jump up and cuss the supervisor out and in the middle of your ranting you realize who you're talking to you see a pink and a purple slip. <laughs> so, so, so now I guess you're going to try to make it right. You're going to keep on talking and the worse it gets let me tell you something you really have no idea of what is inside of you until you are pressed beyond measure. I know you think cussing and all that is behind you, and it should be. I know you think a lot of things are behind you, and I know you should think that way. But baby, it's some things in this world, like today, that you'll embarrass yourself. If you get ticked off and start running your mouth, you'll be amazed at where that stuff will come from. I know some of us are well manicured Christians. We got our tongues on the line of truth. We basically don't get upset with people. We're real cool and laid back. We don't let nothing ruffle our feathers until. And that's that doggone thing right there. You have to watch because, see, people, and then one of the worst things your enemies can say to you when they tick you off. And I thought you were supposed to be such a big Christian. Ain't you out there with Carwell? What is Caldwell teaching you? See, they done pulled you to the brink. Yeah, I know I'm telling the truth. Yeah. One person in the office done made you mad. Now you walking in there, you the fool. It's 15 more folks that ain't had nothing to do with it. You ain't speaking to nobody. Don't do that. Because your life ought to be more important to you that it stays together than being ripped apart. Yeah. Amen. When you're fainthearted and you're feeble and your mind is weak and you listen to gossip and you listen to bad things about other people and now there's too much of a burden for you because you lacked them before they were lied on but you think it's the truth. You call that <clears throat> feeble-minded. And to become faint is to become feeble. And to become faint is to become weary. We are human. So when we hear negative things about people, we, we oftentimes gravitate to that because it can become believable because of whose mouth is coming out of. My grandmother used to say, boy, who made your mouth a prayer book? We have to establish good relationships with people and refuse to let our hearts change toward people for the good because of the bad that somebody's saying about them. See, because after a while, you won't have no friends and nobody in your life will be worth believing you next so don't put yourself in that God has given us a remedy the best way to get down through here is to love God and love people because none of us are perfect now we've seen Elijah he wanted to die we've seen David he was greatly distressed I haven't even talked about Jesus who was very sorrowful unto death Jesus got depressed you did know that didn't you But I thank God he got depressed so that I wouldn't have to be. I thank God that he took my place as my substitute so that my joy can be filled. I thank God that he has given us the victory over everything in life. And we don't have to walk through here as people that have no hope. We don't have to do that. Because he did that on purpose so that we wouldn't have to do that so that our joy can be full. And that's through prayer. You got to develop a strong prayer life in a a world like this, in Donald Trump's America. You got to love God. You got to love people. And I might say sometimes it's a challenge. You got to love the president. That's a tall order. But I thank God, God always gives us tall orders to show us you cannot get there on your own. You can't get there on your own. Now, a few more things. And I'm through. Anybody get anything out of this? Now, we talk about Father's Day. We talk about people that are feeble, faint-hearted. Just the least little thing depresses them. See, either you are an introverted person that holds everything in, are you an extroverted person that talk too much? No. Uh, let everything out. Somewhere there needs to be some godly wisdom. So I'm going to run a plethora of things right quick. And you know I'm talking about don't, don't be weary in well doing, right? right? Stuff happens. But it's how we respond to it that determines where the blessing is going to come from. Are we together? Okay. Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18: Who can endure a faint-hearted man? My heart go out to any woman in here that's married to a faint-hearted man. Just weak. You know? Weak as sugar water. A yes, dear Negro. See now, some of y'all say, now you was preaching, now you're going to meddle him. <laughs> if any woman in here would tell you the truth, they would tell you that they have no security with a yes man. Amen. Amen. Huh? The sister don't feel secure. Your mind's so weak, you can't figure out what the family need to do. Everything you say is overridden at the house. The wife is strong-willed. and If you don't do what she say, it ain't going to be no peace for 30 days. You don't have no opinion. If you try to voice your opinion, you know what that means. You know exactly. Some of y'all live like that. And you know why you can't emerge to be a strong man and a strong leader? Because you're weak. When it comes to that woman, you are feeble-minded. But what's messing up the whole thing, this ain't a put-down. I'm trying to show somebody some light here. If you can't be the man you're supposed to be, your family ain't got no security anyway. Maybe I should have done this part first. (laughs) We're not talking about abuse. We're not talking about somebody trying to prove that I'm running this house. No, we're not. We're talking about equality. We're talking about not having a master-slave mentality. We're talking about being a man about it. we're talking about addressing the issues that need to be addressed and being a man about it. See, because you wear pants don't mean you're a man. And and a lot of times when women have men that they run or men that they rule, somewhere, maybe at midnight or maybe before day in the morning, in the back of their mind, they might say, you know, I'm tired of making all these decisions. I'm tired of all this being on me. Because my husband never have an opinion. He tried 15 years ago. You made sure he never had another one. <laughs> this ain't going well, is it? <laughs> I'm going to meet all the men in the corner there right after church. I have some anointing oil so you can be strong to go back home. <laughs> it's going to be all right. But it, that woman, listen, your wife will tell you, I need your input. I need for you to tell me what we're going to do with our children. I need for you to say something. And then on that note, the man's mouth ought to be opened up with wisdom. But to not include him is a problem. And the longer you together, the problem's going to get bigger. And some men are lazy anyway. They'll sit back and let you do it all. Let you do every bit of it. And never say anything. How much further up the road and how much stronger would this family be if it had dual input. That's something to think about today. Cause the way God has structured the family, the last word after consultation if need be ought to come from the man. That's Bible. You know, well, that's 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 way it ought to be. All right. So if you're a woman, you know, you know. one time I was a fool, and uh, you might say, well, you still is, but that's all right. <laughs> that's, that's all right. That's all right, not a problem. I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. I had read something in a, in, a, in a magazine about women's feet. This was a long time ago. So here I am looking at women's feet. You say, well, no, I'm not a foot fetish person. But they say if that second toe is longer, some of y'all looking down right now. (laughs) They (laughs) They say if that second toe is longer than the big toe, then she has to be in charge. You men in here with your wives, with your don't look down, please. <laughs> if that second toe is way behind or shorter than the big toe, then she could be reasoned with. So for a long time, whether it was a mall or not, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what kind of woman is this, you know? <laughs> But a woman with that second toe as long or even with that big toe, highly opinionated. <laughs> highly opinionated. <laughs> I ain't read nothing about the men feet. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> a few more verses right quick and I'm going to conclude. Y'all calm down now. All right. Proverbs 18 chapter 14 verse. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But a wounded spirit who can bear? A wounded spirit is a whining man. A man who is faint-hearted. He will sustain his infirmities because he won't let it go. He keeps on repeating where he has failed. He talk about all of his shortcomings. He want to sit down and constantly talk to the wife about how he ain't the man he ought to be. Man, why are you talking about how you ain't the man you ought to be? You ought to be being the man you need to be. We all have faults and shortcoming, whether you got the long toe or the short toe. We all have faults and we all have shortcomings. That's why we must not be weary and well doing. A lot of times when we're doing well, it may not come out right. But if the heart is right, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. We have to make adjustments for people that we love. So a, a, a man will sustain his infirmity. Because he faint-hearted. he's faint hearted. He's weak hearted and he's weak. A lot of you guys, if you just sit the wife down and say, Look, we need to talk. We really need to talk. Because I'm tired of you jumping on me. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> One time I was minding my own business like I normally do. The appointment was set to come to my office over there. This was years ago, about 17 years ago. woman came in. She sat in the chair to the right of my desk. The man sat in the chair to the left. He called for the appointment. He came in. They sat down. He said, I'm here to talk to you, Pastor, about my wife. I said, okay. You know, a lot of times when couples come in, there's... Spend five minutes. When well, I don't want to, I ain't talking about you. I ain't trying to put you down. You know, I don't want to say anything to make you feel as though I don't love you. I say, look, skip all that. For, you're in here for some reason. So he says to me, this was the first for me. He says, my wife hits me. Now, I did everything I could to keep from grinning. Because <laughs> it wasn't calculating. Woman, I mean, man, woman, woman, hidden man. He said something, and she said, You don't shut up, I'll hit you now. And I'm looking around to make sure I'm safe. <laughs> You know, Solomon say, man, it's best to get on top of the house than to be in the house with a woman that's out of control. So it's not all, that's why sometimes I talk to people and I tell them, it's not just one way. You got some of these women jumping on these men. They learn that from their mama because that's how their mama handled their daddy. And a lot of women, they ain't going to marry no strong man. They don't, listen, you talk too much. You, you too much in control, can't marry you. And they search and search and that toe has a radar in it. (laughs) It's like he's the one. And the rest of your life you're making all the decisions. It doesn't feel good. You need somebody to say no to you sometime. Yeah. That's what you need. It makes you feel more secure as a woman. I want to conclude like this. Uh, I've been up here a little bit over 45 minutes. But, but I want to kind of bring this whole message home because every one of us in here is important. Amen. Every one of us in here is important. You don't build strong marriage and strong houses overnight. You don't. You build it through relationships, through associations, through understanding. That's how families are built. Anybody can have babies. Any man can release a sperm. But because you can make a baby does not make you a man. And because you got a child doesn't make you a father. At some point you have to sit down, and, you have to sit down and reason with your children. You have to look them in the eye, you have to give them your values. You have to tell them what you believe. You have to tell them what you expect of them. And a man who has daughters need to confirm their daughters so they won't be looking for Mr. Goodbar. You want your children to do good all the days of their lives. That's what you should want and that's the part I want to conclude on right there what a good father should be doing as it relates to his family and to his children because children should be our most prized possession and to all you children in here who is not under the roof with your earthly father I'll say this to you love the one you're with And don't think that it's something wrong with you because your dad ain't there or because your mother's not there. I put it to you like this. Life happens. And sometimes adults just can't seem to get it together. But it doesn't mean that you are not a legitimate child. Just by the mere fact that you were born and you're alive makes you legit. So you go on with life. You take the instructions from the parent that you're with. And you don't look back. And you be all that God called you to be. And all that you can be. That's how you overcome those obstacles. I want to conclude like this. Now God is the biggest one. He's my biggest encourager. 1 Timothy 5 and 8. He encourages me. Because see I grew up without a father in the house. Because he was dead and gone. Now if you talking about somebody whining and sustaining infirmity. If I just want to look back on and tell you why you know, you know my daddy was killed and all this. That's no excuse. Whatever you're leaning on to be weak. Get rid of it. Oh I need to say that again. Whatever male or female. Whatever you're leaning on today to be weak. Get rid of it. Because I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I've never missed my daddy. You say, well, pastor, that's brutal. No, 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 no. You can't miss what you never had. So why am I looking back at the day he got killed and I saw the whole thing? Why am I looking back? What, What can I do about it? It's over. But God has picked me up. The Bible says when my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. That's what happened in my own life. And I'm striving to be all that God wants me to be. I'm not perfect now. I won't be perfect 50 years from now. But God has a purpose for me being here. And that's what gets me excited. He loves me. All right, let me conclude like this. I said what, First Timothy? Okay, 1 Timothy 5 and 8. All right, 1 Timothy, the 5th chapter and the 8th verse. Now, in this segment, as I conclude, I'm talking about the man needs to take care of his family and the man needs to take care of himself. That's what you got to do. All right, 1 Timothy 5 and 8. The Bible says, But if any provide not for his own, And especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. A good man will provide for his family. A good man will take care of his own house. You know, sometimes, no, I ain't going to go there. But that's what a good man would do. And not only with that... With that see, I, I saw something, and you know, and in, in it contradicts life. I saw this guy with a little baby. I perceived that it was his baby, but he was smoking a cigarette. And I said to myself, evidently yeah, he doesn't plan on being around for this kid to graduate. He got a kid smoking a cigarette. He planned on dying. This child... That if this child is his, he not, the worst thing he ought to be doing is smoking or drinking. I know that's why y'all love this church. The truth is up in here. This little baby dependent on him in his diaper and daddy's smoking and dragging on a cigarette. <laughs> if you are a daddy, you need to look out well for your household. You need to look out well for your family. You need to get a job. A real one. Don't be like my cousin Jimmy. Only thing Jimmy wanted was a job just for a few weeks to get some money so he can go get drunk. If any does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his own house, He has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. A child represents responsibility. You know, sometimes what happens in the process is when people separate or divorce and now children are involved, that got to be... A hard-wrenching situation like I was watching Tyler Perry last night, that movie, uh, uh, Daddy's Girls. And it was hard-wrenching seeing those kids over there with this with this guy doing this dope. Things in life, and I'm being as compassionate as I could possibly be, and I'm not perfect and I never will be. But a lot of this stuff that these children have to go through because the parents can't get it right, It's bad on these children. It's bad on parents. This is my plea from my heart, from the heart of God. Drop your adversarial approach to one another. The child is here. Now somebody needs to be responsible. That's what Christian people should be doing. You don't have to like the person you used to love. But you need to learn how to get along because there's a child in the mix. That thunderous apl- applaud was so loud I couldn't hear myself think. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. Praise the Lord. I'm in my pastoral mode this morning. We're on a slow train to China. We're going to be all right. Trying to help somebody. Not condemning anybody. Trying to help everybody. But these kids don't deserve all that stuff. In the way I read the Bible, the child, the, the parents are responsible for protecting their children where I look at it you're responsible for protecting your children and the decisions we make affect these children Amen. too many loveless relationships Ephesians chapter 6 and I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 and one more scripture and I'm through children are there any children in here? Children, say amen. We ain't got but one child in here. Every child, say amen. <laughs> All right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. And children need to be told what is right. Can I get a witness? Honor your father. And mother, which is the first commandment, would promise that it may be well with you, and thou mayest live long on the earth. If you want to live long, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. And you fathers, any fathers in the house? We ain't got but three. Fathers. Hey, I like that. Mothers. Oh, man, you heard that soprano. Fathers. Look at some of them trying to be deep. (laughs) The brother's trying to be deep. One more time. Fathers. Fathers. Provoke not your children to wrath. Don't be picking on your sons. Don't be belittling your daughters. Don't push them to anger. Don't threaten them with physical harm if they don't cut the yard. Best way to do that is beat them. (laughs) Uh Full bad threatening. Just beat them. Don't provoke your children to wrath. Don't get all up in your son's face. Y'all are not competitors. You're not competitors. Fathers love your sons. A father is a nourisher. A father is a protector of his kids, wife, family. Securing finances, supporting the family structure, being there for the children, being there for the wife, being there for the school board, being there. Problem in Carol Paris: the parents are not there. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers, it's your responsibility to bring your children up in the nurture and admonition. Admonition, yeah, that means put something on their mind about God. Put, Put it right there. Tell them where all them blessings coming from. Tell them what is good and right and decent. How are your children responsible for who their friends are, where they go, what they're doing? It works like this. The mother ought to report to the father in the house what the kids are doing. She ought to be able to tell them, you, you wait till your dad to get home. Because they know when daddy walks in, I ain't talking about no TV program, but law and order just showed up. Come here, boy. You've been giving your mama bad. You've been giving your mama a hard time. Come here. Get right down in his face and say, "Now tell me, why didn't you obey what your mama told you?" And, and I'm gonna whip you. You do what your mama tell you to do. Now, for those that don't have um, a man in the house and you got children, let me see if I can help you out. I got two words for you: olive that was my mama we all were like this in the corner cause they had made me do bad things <laughs> my mama put the fear of God in us she told I had two sisters. She told them, you get pregnant, I will kill you. They didn't get pregnant. My mama told us two boys, me and my brother James, you better be in here before that street light comes on. That's what you call ruling the roost. So if you ain't got no man over there, you know, and, and you got these children, raise them. Yeah. God will give you the anointing to beat Junior down the way he need to and bring Susie up where she need to come to. God, listen, you can be a terror walking through there just with your house robe on. Checking the house out. Ears in every place. So I want to say and conclude like this. It's okay. Not to feel good sometimes about your condition. It's okay. It's not okay to stay there. Work it out with the Lord. And remember, Jesus became sorrowful even unto death. But he went through all that so that our joy can be full. So don't become weary and well-doing, and when life hits you in the face with circumstances, you come up with that cake like Elijah had. You eat that word, and you jump back in the game. And don't become weary and well-doing, because if you don't faint in due season, God is going to make very sure that the blessings you have been denied, they'll be running you down. That's the way the system is designed. Amen? Well, I trust it's been a blessing to you. I know it's been long and strong, but I trust it's been a blessing to you. Thank the Lord, for his word and for his presence. Now the question is, will I do as will as I see? There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation, and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, Come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words and if you mean those words, they are recorded. In the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now, the questions are. Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before. And you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible, radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.